It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch, race fans. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Online at joeskarting.com. Fast pace, white knuckle racing just across the river. 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Karting today. Do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. The Slick Track Series has concluded. Congratulations to Brianna Mitchell for claiming the 2020-2021 Dirt Track Series Season Championship. We're going to try to get Brianna on the show here soon. She wasn't able to make it out to the O'Reilly Auto Parts World of Wheels Car Show this weekend, which we had a marathon of interviews lined up for that, but we're going to try to get her on soon. Speaking of that, Dirk, heck of a weekend at the O'Reilly Auto Parts Auto Show. Yep. Long weekend at O'Reilly. <laughs> but we got to say hi to the Hulk. Yeah. We got a bow from the bitchin' cruising man. We did pretty good. Yeah, we get to see some great scenery, and I'm not just talking about the cars. The fans were out in full force, uh, having a great time and enjoying everything, masked up, uh, being safe. And yeah, it was uh, it was a great return to what ended up being cut short last year. So we were excited to be out. By the way. I just have to go ahead and say it. If you hear some chirping in the background of the recording, it's it's not you. It's it's actually me. Sarah and I went and got turkeys last week, and the only place they can stay during this colder time and while they get older is in Studio B for the recording area for the front stretch. So that's not you. It's me. How about the ducks? Where are they staying? Same place. Yeah, they're they're sitting there too. They're right next to each other in a different uh, in a different they're little kennel. No, you'll hear them. Though. Well, they don't really have a quack yet. It still sounds like a chirp, but it's a pretty mean chirp. They're loud. They're gonna taste great in several months. So I hope so. I, I'm I'm excited for some duck eggs. Really excited. I'm excited for some roast duck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, all the, <coughs> excuse me. Speaking of all the interviews that we did. We had uh, one heck of a weekend of interviews. Kicked it off on Saturday with Hunter Weber. Sat down with Riley Floors, James Hopkins, Jeremy Baker, Stu Snyder, Cole Newhoffen, Chad Cook, Chad Dolan, Jacob West, Anthony Ainsley, Brandon Anderson of the QuickTime Podcast, and Andrew Kaziski. That was all in day number one. John Orlowski, Orlowski joined us in Day number two, Tommy Etherton, Rowan Mason, Ben Schaller, and Justin Sutter, Ryan Jenkins, Jack Dover, Eric Cerny, Caden Murray, Caden Dirks, and Joe Kaziski. All for uh, a nice sit-down and conversations. And not that we didn't try and add the Hulk. We did. Yeah, we tried. He was uh, he was on the move, though, as those celebrities typically are. His yeah. was a little bit of a cool circumstance because of that storm that rolled through in the Denver area. Uh, he was unable to fly out his typical time so i think he flew in on friday and he was anticipating to fly out on saturday afternoon after his originally scheduled time at the world wheels car show but his flight through denver to fly out got canceled so he had to reroute which meant he didn't leave until sunday night so he came back on sunday and signed more autographs yeah and he did chat with us for a quick second found out he's a, a drag racing fan got a, yep. a real good friend that's a, a drag racer back on the east coast but uh didn't have time to sit down with us for five or 10 minutes and uh i say dave kendig just gave us a bow mm. i didn't, yeah, I didn't he realize was, he was asian same but. deal he was he was on the roll so or he was on the move trying to go from uh, place to place and check out all the different cars you know i was i'm, I'm not shocked that uh that the hulk lou ferrigno was very intrigued by some of the green cars 
and trucks that were on display at the World of Wheels car show. Yep, and we didn't have any green shirts to wear or nothing. We so. didn't. We didn't. We did have some new hats to sell, though. We sold a couple of those. So gave away a little of this and a little of that. Met some new friends too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Got some new Facebook friends out of the deal. Yep. It was overall a great time. And if you didn't get down to the CHI Center for the World of Wheels Car Show, you really did miss out on another great event. I couldn't help but walk around and say, wow, I mean, this, what a great event. I was really, really impressed with some of the cars that were on display out there. Yeah, there was, there was some really nice stuff. Um, We've talked about it before. I'm, I think a car that goes in a car show needs paint because there were some cars in there that were in desperate need of just primer. (laughs) <laughs> see and i that's it i ever since i saw an episode of i think it was fast and loud with uh the aaron what's his name aaron kaufman yeah aaron kaufman he did they did a truck where all he did was just put a, a clear coat on top of the patina and the whole time they're doing the truck i'm thinking this is a terrible idea they need to sand this baby down and, and put a good paint job on it but when he rolled it out for the unveil i mean i fell in love with that patina rust look that yeah ever since then i've loved that look so i i don't i don't mind it but you know we're a world of different opinions yeah nobody said you had great taste so (laughs) the better taste of the two yes just not great taste (laughs) yeah a little shout out to the gals that were in the booth next to us uh we tried to entertain them a little bit and they kind of got into it and it turns out that uh the lady that owns the shop is elbow deep in racing yeah but it's a place called the chick shed downtown council bluffs it's a girly girl store it's not a race shop it's definitely a boutique yeah if you're down that way or looking for something might want to swing in and give mandy a, a shout her dad was a racer her husband was a racer so now she knows what she, it's all about. was she the one that was married to bub lorette yep that is married to bub lorette so he's he's been racing as of recent i want to say he came out for a couple special races in the middle of the season last year oh okay. I don't, well i, I, I guess didn't I, know, I didn't know he was still actively racing and he could yep. be i mean he's been doing it for 20 some years so yeah i think he raced um tim tim mccoy's car uh 26 it was a 26 sport modified and i think tim convinced him to come out and race it a couple of times okay yeah that could very well be she didn't say anything about that her dad was mark mcneil mm-hmm. uh the late mark mcneil was a top 10 driver in the pro-am class out at sunset speedway back through the 90s so uh we unfortunately lost quite a few over the weekend within the racing community yeah no kidding no kidding i, I think we lost three on we lost one on friday and two on saturday yeah, I think that's how it shook out. Larry Toomsey passed away after a battle with bad health. Uh, he was a tech official at an Eagle Raceway. I know him mostly from being the uh, the scale guy out of Eagle. And so on, on Saturday, it was great seeing everybody post pictures of Larry and some RIPs that went out to him. Who was the racer down from Corning? Jeff Hovick. Jeff Hovick. Okay. And uh, Carol Adamy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Carol passed away early Saturday morning after a brief battle with cancer. Yeah, I don't know if the all the Atomy racers, I don't know if they're like brothers, uncles, cousins, or what, but they're all related to her in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, Jeff Hovick, sorry, I just finally got that pulled up on the Adams County Speedway page, raced hobby stocks out at ACS, raced, raced in the number 12H, this nice baby blue and uh, yellow striped car that uh, that helped get that class at Adams County Speedway up off the ground in the early 2000s. I believe it says its inaugural class was 2001, so prayers out to all those those three 
race families that lost a loved one and race fans that lost uh, somebody that they supported for a long time. All right, let's talk about today's show. We're going to recap the results from Phoenix Raceway. Then we'll talk about a couple of news and notes. There's not a lot of news that's been going on that we could cover and speculate over, but we're going to cover what we can. In turn number two, we're going to talk with Ryan Jenkins, driver of the number six, modified throughout the area. Ryan talked about his 2020 season and got, got a set for his 2021 plans. And then the same thing for Jack Dover. He's going to come up in turn number three. We're going to talk to the gas man. He's got some big news about what he plans on doing for 2021. Turn number four, we're going to get you set for today's race at, sorry, again, habit, eight years, nine years, ten years doing that. We're going to get you set for Sunday's race at Atlanta Motor Speedway, the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500, 2 p.m. on Sunday. Coverage is on PRN and uh, Sirius XM. The TV coverage is on Fox. All right, thoughts on Phoenix? We got to watch a little bit of it while we were waiting to load out at the World of Wheels Car Show. Pretty, I don't know, standard event. I, you, you know, your your top guys were still up front. Um, Harvick showed that he is going to try and race this year. He didn't dominate Phoenix last year like he had for several years, but uh, he made a nice run from 18th to 6th, I believe he finished. Logano won this race last year, was a, was a force in it this year. Came up a little short, but... I, I didn't look at the points, but I believe in our fantasy league, he was, or in NASCAR's points, he was the top point earner, I do believe. Yeah, 54 points on the day. Yeah, I knew he had 54. He got second in the first stage, won the second stage, and second for the race. And uh, uh, Martin Truex won. Martin Truex has had some good runs there before. I don't know if he won at Phoenix before or not, but he's had some solid runs there. And he again, he was strong all day. And at the end, he was slowly ever so slowly pulling away from the rest of the field they kind of spread out a little bit towards the end but they had that uh caution with uh 40 some odd laps to go i think it was and uh and and then went free went green the rest of the way um ied speedway was on the c pillar yeah of the number 12 car and he won the first stage so ied speedway got 10 points <laughs> not but, sure what they yeah. could do with that 10 points but they got it you know, and as uh, Joe Kaziski explained to us that that was all due to NASCAR. That was something, you know, he really just got told it was going to happen type thing. Yeah. Nah. His NASCAR is trying to honor all the weekly racing series tracks. So What they call NASCAR home tracks. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so uh, somewhere down the, the line, and it might already happen in the first couple of races, Adam County's probably going to be on the car too. You would think, yeah, we'll have to keep an eye out for that uh, when they when they end up doing that. Yeah, I thought it was a good race. You know, again, you and I didn't get to watch much of it, but the the restarts were still exciting. Uh, it was nice to see Harvick up there. We had the big conversation last week if his experience at Phoenix would help them get over this hump that Stuart Haas Racing seems to be experiencing right now with all four of their cars struggling. Uh, it, it seems like it did work. Harvick finished uh, sixth and was up there for a majority of the day. Uh, Eric Romarola finished 11th. Uh, everybody else, Stuart Haas Racing, not a great day. Well, Cole Custer got into the wall. He tried to fit in a hole down the back straight away and uh, uh, clipped Ross Chastain and put himself into the wall and tore up the right front. So that just ruined him. I think that was in the second stage, I think, when that happened. He, he ended up finishing the race, but he had to be several laps down, I would think. 31st, four laps down. Okay. And uh, I did not, uh, didn't hear Chase Bristow, Bristow getting uh, called too much. So I'm not sure where he finished. 
22nd on the lead lap. Yeah, for a rookie, that's a solid run. Yeah. Did you see the videos of Brad Keselowski finding an all-time new low line to go through on one of those restarts? I didn't see the video, but I saw a still shot of it where he's about... He could have reached out and, and put a handprint on the wall on yeah. his left side. So, yeah, yeah, he was right down to it. Well, let's just recap the race. Uh, yeah, we because we were doing the World of Wheels, we didn't get to watch the, the race. And because we record on Mondays, we didn't really get a chance to go back and rewatch it. So Martin Trucks Jr. got the win. Didn't finish in the top 10 at stage number one, second in stage number two. So he got 49 points on the day, led 64 laps. Joey Logano was the big winner for the day, other than not taking home the checkered flag. 143 laps led, second in stage one, first in stage two, and second on the day, like Dirk mentioned. Got himself 54 points. Hamlin, Keselowski, and Elliott rounded out your top five. Harvick, Larson, Byron, Bell, and Blaney, your top 10. Quite a few uh, different lap leaders. Like I mentioned, Truex, Logano, Hamlin, Keselowski all led a handful of laps. Larson led one lap, probably during a green flag exchange. Blaney led, Stenhouse led, Wallace led, and Corey LaJoy led for 12 laps. I assume he stayed out trying to uh, get lucky with uh, with a weird caution. Yeah, did uh, did you say Chase Elliott led any laps? Yeah, uh, no, he didn't. I was going to say, I mean, he started, you know, he had to go to the back for uh, some type of tech infraction, don't really know what, but uh, he uh, got up into the top 10 by the first stage. And I, I didn't know if he'd ever got to the front or not. So and there was also two lug nut infractions. One was Brad Keselowski. Who was the other one? They were double nut infractions. So they lose their crew chief for a week. William Byron. Okay. Wait, Byron. No, no, I'm sorry. Byron, Kurt Busch and Kyle Busch each had one loose lug nut. So a $10,000 fine. Keselowski and Suarez each had two lug nuts loose, so they lost their crew chief and received a $25,000 fine. Suarez was the other one. I just remembered reading Keselowski, and I couldn't remember who the other driver was. I'm trying to pull up if I can find the news of those cars going being sent to the rear of the field for infractions, see if I could figure out what it was. Yeah, I never heard. I never heard it was for any of them. You know, I just heard that they were going to the back. There were three, I believe. I believe it was Chase Elliott, another Hendrick car. I don't remember if it was Byron or... Bowman. Uh, Garrett Smithley, uh, NASCAR has confirmed that Garrett Smithley will start for the rear after a driver change. In addition, the nine of Chase Elliott and the double zero of Quinn Hoff will fall to the rear for unapproved adjustments. Then later, Kyle Larson, William Byron, Cody Ware failed inspection twice. Those drivers started from the rear of the field on Sunday. Oh, I didn't know Kyle Larson had gone to the rear too. So it was Larson, so Byron, and Ware that went to the back for failing inspection. Quinn Hoff and Chase Elliott went to the back for unapproved adjustments. Yeah, well, that's three out of the four Hendrick cards that went to the back. Mm-hmm. And both finished, two of the three finished in the top ten. All right, let's talk about a couple of news and notes while we got some time before we head into turns two and three. NASCAR officials and local officials announced that Pocono Raceway has been approved to increase to 50% capacity. So that's good for them with their race coming up here. What do they got? A couple of weeks they're going to be there? What's that? Pocono will be Pocono is towards the end of June. And as, if I remember correctly, they're having the same doubleheader weekend like they had last year. You're right. It is June 26th and 27th for the Pocono Doubleheader Race race Weekend. The 2B announced 325 and the 2B announced 350. So good news for Pocono. They're able to open up 50% capacity. Got a couple of sponsor announcements. I'm going to say this wrong, so bear with me. I believe it's 2B, T-U-B-I. It's a free movie in 
uh, TV streaming service has signed a multi-race sponsorship deal with Chip Ganassi Racing. They're going to be sponsoring Ross Chastain and Kurt Busch. Yeah, they will be on uh, Ross Chastain's car, I believe, here coming up this weekend at Atlanta. At Atlanta. Sirius XM sponsoring uh, Christopher Bell for four races. Looks like Atlanta, Richmond, Road America, and Bristol will be the four races that Sirius XM will be on the side of Christopher Bell's car. Alsco, A-L-S-C-O, Alsco Uniforms renews their sponsorship with Richard Childress Racing. I believe it's going to be the fifth year for that partnership between the two family-owned businesses. They're going to be on the side of Tyler Reddick's Camaro ZL1 for multiple races in the NASCAR Cup Series starting this weekend at Atlanta Motor Speedway. That's got a nice uh, green, incredible Hulk look to it. Well, how come neither one of these two family-owned businesses are owned by our families? Because <laughs> we, we didn't get started soon <laughs> enough. We, we didn't have $10 million to start a Cup Series team about 30, 30 years ago. Bubba Wallace set to test the next-gen car at Richmond. Go ahead and insert your snarky jokes here. He's going to be testing with the uh, or the member of the 23XI racing operation. We'll get behind the wheel of the next-gen car for NASCAR at the 0.75-mile Virginia short track. The last test was, was originally set for two days of an on-track activity with Wallace taking the first of the wheel on Tuesday, but inclement weather and that is anticipated to hit Richmond area has been has delayed his travel itinerary and there are no plans for him to test that day. So it sounds like it's going to get pushed to Wednesday. Yeah. So he's supposed to test on Tuesday and Wednesday of this week. And it looks like it's just going to be on Wednesday now. Yeah. That's surprising because I thought they'd announced back about time Daytona got rolling that they were done testing that car and that everything was set up the way it was going to be. But evidently not. Well, the, remember the, I, I can't remember if it was Kurt Busch was the last one that raced it. And he's the only one that's driven it twice. said that, He's happy with the progress of the car, but they've got some changes. Remember, we were talking about the cockpit, or at least the area underneath the driver's the uh, the seat got really, really hot, and and Kurt said it was uncomfortable after about ten laps. Yeah, well, yeah, I can see where that would be an issue. I just wonder uh, why, how something like that got overlooked. That's, I guess, what yeah. I'm trying to figure out. It's not like it's the first car they designed yeah. and I've never heard it being a big complaint about any other cars. You know, well, yeah, and it, you know, like we talked about that show that they're, they, they, they're working on moving the uh, tailpipe. I think it's on both sides of the car now. So before it was, I would assume the tailpipe maybe wrapped what would be over by the passenger side and then came back around the car and oh, it went out the passenger side, didn't it? Yeah, it's gone out yeah. the passenger side for about 15 or 18 years. That was so now early it's, 2000 thing. Now it's going out both sides. I hadn't seen that picture yet. I still hadn't seen the exhaust going out the driver's side. So. I found, it when I, was, I found it when I was Googling some pictures, and it was uh, Joey Logano when he tested it. They had some pictures of him on the track, and you could see there was a tailpipe, same spot, just on both sides now. Yeah, see, they took them and put them on the, on the passenger side to get them away from the fuel. Mm -hmm. I've seen, I was on pit road when I saw those kind of fuel explosions. They, the car might die yeah. during the pit stop, and they fired up, and they got fuel running down the side of the car, and you get a big old ball of fire out there. Yep, I remember I that can, a couple of times. I obviously I wasn't there. You, I got to enjoy it on TV. Well, I can tell you about walking behind that car as I was coming around the front of mine. Actually, it was a truck. And uh, coming over for the other side of the pit stop and getting a nice big mouthful of Purple K fire extinguisher. This stuff does not <laughs> taste good. It doesn't taste like uh, purple Kool-Aid? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I think it probably tastes real close to like biting that purple Barney's butt. Oh, lovely. Probably about what it tastes like. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along now that we got that image in our head. 
Austin Sindrick has been announced. He's going to be racing. He'll be back behind the wheel for Sunday's Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500 for Team Penske. So good for him. He's did he did he get the Xfinity Series win last week? Um, he just got the one Saturday at Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he, did, he did win this week at Phoenix, and I'd have to dig into the rule book to make sure, but I think the drivers can still run as many as seven races and not lose rookie status. Yeah, I don't know what that number is anymore, but that's that's the number I remember also. Because that's that's just short of twenty percent of the races. That's the number it'd been for quite some time, but I I, I don't know if they've ever changed it. And I believe. So- that- and I, I think I, we can verify that, at least as far as when Chase Elliott first ran for Hendrick Motorsports, he came in and raced the number 25 car for seven races in that season, uh, six or seven races. And that was so that he protected his rookie status, but they could get some seat time. Yeah. And that's exactly what they're doing with Austin is, is the exact same program. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can just expect him to run, you know, like a race every other month. Martin Truex Jr. announced that he's going to be running the Truck Series Bristol Dirt Race coming up on March 27th. So he's going to get a little extra seat time as well as going to be running that Sunday Cup Series Dirt Race at Bristol. Speaking of that, uh, a lot of uh, action going on down there as uh, a lot of Iowa and Nebraska drivers are down there. I'd heard some figure over the weekend of the world of wheels that there was somewhere around 20% of the drivers that were racing at Bristol were Iowa drivers. Yeah. I heard that same figure at our table too, but, and whether that's a fact or not, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. That's absolutely true. sounds like uh, Martin trucks jr. Going to be racing that truck series. Bristol dirt race is going to be racing for Kyle Busch motorsports. So I'd be, I'm, I would be surprised if there's not more cup series guys, especially ones like Martin trucks jr. That don't have any dirt experience. They don't go and race that truck series race to try to get some extra laps in and kind of figure out how to race it. Cause that is a huge, huge question mark for these teams, not being able to test, not being able to practice. Uh, wait, are they practicing that day? Um, I don't remember if that was one of the practice tracks or not. We went through a big list of, I think there was five or six tracks that NASCAR was allowing them to practice at. All the other ones were. I was going to say it was a few more than that. I know there's a couple of the road courses like Road America that they've never run. They're going to have a practice at that one. Uh, But yeah, I don't remember if Bristol was on that list or not. It it would make sense that it was, but that doesn't make sense for NASCAR. Right. Well, it contradicts themselves. So that kind of makes sense for them. (laughs) Like we mentioned earlier, Martin Truex Jr. snapped a 29-race winless streak with his win at Phoenix, so congratulations to Martin. Fifth race of the year, fifth different winner. How long do you expect this streak to continue before we get a double dip of of wins this year? It might come to an end this week. Martin Truex is usually pretty good at Atlanta. He's good on the mile and a half, so... We'll have to wait and see Sunday at two o'clock on Fox. Ryan Jenkins coming up just around the corner in turn number two. The gas man jacked over. He's got some big news. He's going to talk to us about in turn number three. Then we'll be back to get you set for Sunday's race at Atlanta. For Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. We'll be right back on the front stretch. Red Oak Fabrication in Red Oak, Iowa is changing the powder coating game. Drivers and teams have overpaid for good work for far too long. Get to Red Oak Fabrication and get quality powder coating at an affordable price. A brand new bare frame gets done for $450. Plus the turnaround time, days, not weeks. Get your free estimate today. Email Jordan F at RedOakFabrication.com. See what Red Oak Fabrication can do for you today on their Facebook page or at redoakfabrication.com. 
every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you white knuckle racing by the river bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sKarting.com for more information. 